Let's do this. Turn with me to the book of Luke. We're going to be having a look at chapter 7. And this is what it says in verse 18. It goes, When the man came to Jesus, they said, John the Baptist sent us to ask you, to you to ask you, are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? How many of you guys have ever been to a place and you were like the honored guest, or you were the one people were waiting for, and they go, are, are, are you supposed to be here? Hey, have, how many of you guys have ever experienced that? I have. But these guys, they go to Jesus and they go, are you the one we are waiting for? Or should we expect someone else? Let's carry on. Verse 21, it says, at that very time, Jesus cured many who had diseases, sicknesses, and evil spirits, and gave sight to many who were blind. So he replied to the messengers, go back and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. Today, we are starting a new series, and that series is called, Have You Heard? That is exactly what was happening in this portion of Scripture. John, John the Baptist, the guy that was to usher in the new era of Jesus that was supposed to make way for Jesus coming in. He knows who Jesus is. Come on, they family. How many of you guys have family that don't know who you are? I'm not going to raise my hand because they, they're probably watching this. And, uh, um, and, and he knows exactly who Jesus is. But at this point in time, John the Baptist is sitting in prison. But he goes, my time is coming to an end, but I need to know, is Jesus who he says he is? So he sends his disciples, the people that have been walking a road with him, and he goes, just go find out. Just go find out who Jesus really is. And so they get there, and Jesus is healing people. And Jesus is raising people from the dead, and he's setting them free. And they go, after they see all this, and they hear what is happening, they still ask, are you the one we are waiting for? And Jesus, like the most awesome person he is, goes, go tell John what you have seen and what you have heard. How many of you guys, I, I, I don't know about you, but in my house, we compete for my wife's attention. I mean, I put in the hard work and I married her. It took me two interviews to get her. And then my kids just magically appeared. We pastors, we don't do, you know. They just arrive on the scene and they are all fighting for my wife's attention. But I found the secret. I just have to walk past her and go, Hey, have you heard? And she goes, what, 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 what? Kid is probably like hanging from the ceiling. And she goes, tell me, come on, what's going on here? I'm like, they're burning down the house. But when you hear that phrase, have you heard? It's always followed by news of some sort. 
And that is what this whole series is about, is have you heard? We're going to be walking our way to Easter, which is happening next week. Come on. Yay, the best thing that could have happened to us. But before we get there, I need to ask you, have you heard? Have you heard why Jesus came? Have you heard what he is about to do or has done? And have you heard why? That is what the series is all about. And he goes, go tell John what you have heard. And that is what we're going to do. We're going to open up God's word so that you can hear exactly what this is about. So you can go and tell people what you have heard. Before we get started, can we open up for prayer? So King Jesus, we worship you. You are amazing And I love that song that we sang. There's no mountain you won't climb up. There is nothing that can stand in your way. No word that is of negative report that you won't break down to get to us. So thank you that as we prepare to head into a time we remember, where we remember what you did, thank you that we can also remember that you love us. So we pray as we open up your word. May it speak to us. May it bless us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. To the three that said amen, I think the others are still sleeping. It's okay. Can you say it louder, louder? Amen. I've got, I've got to share this with you, man. I remember the first time I, I, I ever preached in a big context. I mean, um, I, was, I was preaching at a youth event, and there were like hundreds of kids. I've never preached before to hundreds of kids before. I come from a Dorpi. I think we were 100 in total. No, we weren't. But in any case, so we go to this um, youth event, and um, they give me the slot to preach after the afternoon lunch. But also on that day, they had a soccer tournament. So they had lunch. They broke for lunch. Then they had a soccer tournament. And it was a very hot day. I don't know about you. If you have ever played any sports on a hot day, you... You're not doing anything after that. Marquis fall, Bienna Stave. Yeah, we're going to put Milo up on stage. So Milo gets up and he preaches up a storm. And I look in front and there's this guy. And he's, he's agreeing with me. And it's like fueling me. And I'm like, yes, that kid is going straight to heaven right now. And he's just doing this. And I pause and I realize he's not doing this. He's asleep. <laughs> He's actually catching fish because every time I get excited, he goes, please, so don't do that today. <laughs> don't do that today. Please show me your wake. Just give me a wave over there, everybody on, online. There we go. They're awake. Let's get into this. But we need to carry on with the story. Have you heard what this is all about? What we are doing here today? And we're going to have a look at a few verses today. Next week, Friday is Good Friday. We have a service here. Invite your friends. It's going to be amazing. And then Sunday, something special is happening as well. So we've got time to talk about what Jesus has done. And today we're going to be looking at this specific passage in the book of John. John chapter 12, if you can turn with me there quickly. It says this, the next day... The great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. He stirred up the place. How many of you guys have ever been in a mall 
and then all of a sudden, there was just this big commotion, and you guys needed to know what was going on. Uh, um, I think Alison and myself, we were just married. Sorry, I've got a lot of stories. Um, Ali and myself were married, and we came here for a honeymoon to Cape Town, and we ended up canal walk one evening, and we're walking around. You know, we don't have malls where we come from, so this is amazing. No, it's not a farm. But it's amazing, and we're walking there, and all of a sudden there's this commotion, and we see crowds disappear. First thing, I'm like, grab my wife. Let's see. Maybe they're going to kill us. I don't know. But then as we look to the side, there's crowds walking towards us. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I don't have to be the slowest. I just need to be faster than someone else. That was my, the way my mind thought. And then I realized there was a, a camera crew, and there was the celebrity from the States walking, and everybody was like, yay! And so everybody, like, ran towards him. Do you remember this evening? It was the craziest evening ever. And um, so this celebrity, I won't say who they are and what they do, because um, I'll be judged. And no, it wasn't Justin Bieber. So he, he goes up the escalators by the food court at Canal Walk, but everybody is crowding around him. So you know, you've got the escalators that go up, and you've got the escalators that come down. Milo, the fit soul that he is, climbs on the escalator that goes down, because I want to see who this is. And I'm like, I know who that is. So I run up the stairs, and it's going down, and the dude just looks at me, and he goes. But me, I go, oh, yeah, just wait all the way down. But he stirred up a commotion that drew a crowd. And as we read here in John chapter 12, verse 12, the, the crowd is getting ready for something amazing. And Jesus steps in and he draws the crowd. That is what Jesus does when he steps into our world. He interrupts what we are doing. But let's carry on. Verse 13 they took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. Now, I want you guys to take note of that. At this point in time, up until here, they didn't know he was the king. They didn't declare him king anywhere else. But as he comes into Jerusalem at this time, they shout out, blessed is the king of Israel. Verse 14. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it. As it is written, do not be afraid, daughter of Zion. See your kingdom, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. At first his disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. Now the crowd that was with him when he the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to spread the word. Did you hear they were telling people about what he was doing? And many people, because they had heard that he had performed these signs went out to meet him. So today, I want to talk to you from this topic, it's all for you. As we go through this series, have you heard that Jesus came for you? Everything he'd done on this earth was for you. We know it's all about Jesus this next week that is coming up. But did you know he came for you? 
It's all for you. How many of you guys like it when someone does something for you? Hey? I mean, two years ago, um, it was my birthday. Uh, it's not a very important day, 21st of November. Um, <laughs> I shared that with the guys, the volunteers this morning. If you guys didn't remember, I just reminded you again. Um, <laughs> but there was, we, we had just moved into our new place. It was my birthday. And um, I, I don't really like cake, but there's a specific cake I like from this specific shop. And what we decided, because um, not everybody likes this cake, we would just get a slice of every piece of cake that everybody likes, and we would have my birthday that way. But I wake up the morning, and there are all these different slices of cake. And I realize my wife didn't buy my slice of cake. And so I walk away very happy. But then she goes, wait, hold on. And the lights go off. And the cake comes out with candles, and there is not a slice, but there's a whole entire cake. And she goes, they didn't sell slices of this specific cake, so this is all for you. <laughs> I didn't even get a spoon, I just bit into it. <laughs> I'm like, I got my daughter, I'm like, this is how we eat cake when it's all for you, and we went savage on that cake. We just ate it. We took photos, and we're like, we are so uncultured. We'll eat everything. But there's something special about when you realize that someone has done something all for you. And that is what Jesus did. As we look through this, we're going to unwrap this whole process of what he did. Because if you haven't heard, today is Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday is the day that reminds us that Jesus started his journey for us to the cross. And basically, what we see is happening here. Let me just paint you a little picture. Um, Jesus steps in, and the crowds are busy going on their day-to-day -day business, but it's not day-to-day -day business. They are preparing for one of the most important feasts that they celebrate, and that is the Feast of Passover. Now, Passover is commemorating the time God moved in a mighty way for His people that started the exodus from their slavery and captivity in Egypt. And what they didn't realize was that in their busyness, they were getting ready. So one of the things they needed to do is they needed to get a lamb, slaughter the lamb, and prepare it for Passover. But what they didn't understand is the ultimate lamb was coming in on that day. And he did that all for you. Have you heard? But when he came in, he only had one thing in mind. There was crowd shouting, and the only thing that he had on his mind was you. Was you. You see, have you heard that Jesus came on a donkey to start a relationship with you, not a religion. They celebrated this feast for generations. And they would do, how many of you guys have a routine? You do the same thing every morning. Wake up, go to the toilet, 
go shower, drink coffee, um, look at the kids, pray the wife wakes them up, get ready, leave, hope the kids are in the car, drop them off whether they're in the car or not, come back home, see these kids, take them to school. How many of you guys have a routine every day? Everybody's got a routine. Hey? And how many of you guys know when your routine gets interrupted, your day gets thrown out of proportion? And this is what happened over here. These guys were in a routine. Just remember, they were religious folks getting ready for a religious festival. So they were doing everything that they did, the same in that they did last year and the year before. They took the same route from their house to Jerusalem. They said the same prayers that they did last year. And even though it was something important, the one thing that didn't change was their hearts. So Jesus steps in and he interrupts everything. Why? Because he wants to have a relationship with you, not a religion. That is what he ultimately came for. When it comes to religion, it's going through the same things over and over. But when there's a relationship, things change. I had specific routines in my life before I started a relationship with Allison. I would wash my car every morning. Every morning, literally. And then she stepped into my life and there was no time to wash a car every morning. Then we got married and there was no time to think of a car in the morning. You see, in a relationship, things change. You have to change up things because a relationship with Jesus, this is what we have to understand, a relationship with Jesus is more appealing than any religious act. And that is what is going to change. When you are so used to doing something like this, a relationship with Jesus gives you freedom. That is why Jesus came to give us a relationship, not a religion. When I, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to keep talking about you because you're amazing. Um, I was studying when we started dating. So, like I was saying, we all have routines. I was so into my studies that not even a sporting event could get me to give up a specific time slot that I had to study. Not work. I gave away standby because I needed to study. However, Ali walks in. We would talk every morning via Mixit. Wow. Yes, that's long thrust, man. Come on. And, 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 and then we chat during school. She was a teacher. Um, I was not. I wasn't in school. I was working. And we would chat before going to bed. But when I studied, I wouldn't answer anybody except Alison. When she stepped in, why? Because my relationship with her was more appealing than anything I was doing. And that is what we need to understand when it comes to relationship with Jesus. He is more appealing than any religious act. Because this is what happens. Religion is about what you can't do. You know, don't do this, don't do that, stay away from that. Where a relationship with Jesus is about, look what I can do through you. Come as you are. How many of you guys know you don't have to change anything before meeting Jesus? You just have to meet up with Jesus. And he will do the change from inside. So religion says don't. Relationship says watch what I will do. You see, religion puts up barriers. 
don't talk to these people. Check those guys with tattoos. They're sinners, man. Heathens. Where Jesus, a relationship with Jesus goes, I need to break down walls because I need to get to them. Relationship where Jesus breaks down, where religion builds up walls. Religion says you have to work your way to God. And I love this part because relationship with Jesus says, I am the way to God. See, it's all about you. You don't have to do anything. Jesus puts it as simply as this. In John 14, verse 16, he goes, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It's simple. You just have to be in a relationship with me. Jesus will bring you to the Father. Don't believe the lie that you have to work to get his approval. All you need to do is believe his word. Believe his word. I had this uncle. How many of you guys have ever been let down by someone's word? I had an uncle. Every time we saw him, he'd promise me stuff. One day he promised me a horse. Still don't have a horse. And I'm grateful I don't have a horse today because I actually went riding a horse once. And it's awful. If you like riding a horse, awesome. Enjoy it. It's not for me. I wasn't meant to be a cowboy. But I got off the horse. Now, now there's a few things. I mean, firstly, there was the fear of this horse throwing me into thy kingdom come. And then you'd be scared that he'd kick you over the poles. And, and, and I've heard horses will eat you. And look at me, there's a lot. And I'm scared of horses. So I get on a horse and I get off the horse and it feels like the horse is still between my legs. That's not why cowboys walk like that. That's why I'm glad I didn't get a horse. He promised me a motorbike. Didn't get a motorbike. See, we've all been let down by someone else's word. But something I want to prove to you and show you is that God's word is more reliable than anything else. You can count on God's word. You see, let's just talk about something as we build up into my next point. Talking about horses. If you read in that scripture, Jesus didn't arrive on a horse. He arrived on a donkey. My wife says, I'm not allowed to say the American word. Use your imagination. It's okay. But he didn't arrive on a horse, he arrived on a donkey. And you might think it's a little bit strange, but let me explain the context of the donkey. Back in ancient times, when a king arrived on a horse, it was a sign of war. When a king arrived on a donkey, it was a sign of peace. So Jesus arrives in Jerusalem as the prince of peace. That is what the word calls him. We can trust God's word, as he arrives in peace, they proclaim Hosanna, which means save us now. Didn't you know he was the savior of the world? And then John does something there. He puts in quotes from scripture that was said hundreds of years before Jesus arrived. In the book of Zechariah, he writes what we read in verse 14 to 15, it says, Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, and as it is written, do not be afraid, daughter of Zion. Zion is another word that they used for Jerusalem. Do not be afraid, daughter of Zion. See, your king is coming. 
seated on a donkey's colt. I want you to understand this. You can trust the word of God because God's word is more reliable than anyone else's opinion. How many words have been spoken over you? How many words have you read that tells you that Jesus is for you and not against you, that he has plans for you? I want you to understand that God's word is reliable. Everyone has an opinion. How many of you guys know that? My eight-year-old son has an opinion. You can't tell him anything about anything, and he will have something to say. How many of you guys have experienced that? Someone has always got someone to say, something to say. Someone always has an opinion. Even in Jesus' time, people had opinions. In uh, the book of Matthew, chapter 16, Jesus is sitting down with his disciples, and he asks, so what's the opinion about me out there? Who do people say I am? And they go, some a teacher, some a prophet. And John writes a few other things. Some believe that he is from the devil and all these things. But Peter has a revelation. Why? Because of time spent. Now remember, they didn't just have the book to read. Jesus was the word. So Peter gets a revelation. And Peter's response is, you are the Messiah. What the word said you are, you are. And that is what we need to do, is we need to understand that we can rely on God's word. So no matter what people's opinion is about Jesus, this is what the word says he is. He is king. In your life, is Jesus king? If you don't know that, you need to go study the word. Get a fresh revelation from the word today about who Jesus is. Don't allow people's opinions to dictate the direction that you are moving into. It's like, how many of you guys, now, now I have these conversations often with a few of my friends. Everybody's got this chat about, what is the best cell phone? <laughs> uh, we, we're not allowed to say it. What's the best vehicle? Hey, what's the best laptop? You know, we always have these conversations. But you can never be swayed by someone's opinion until you have tried the product for yourself. Because you will never understand the power of the other product if you have never worked with it. And it's the same when it comes to knowing about Jesus. Don't accept someone else's opinion. Go and find out for yourself. Test it. Try it. Put it to work. You want to grow? You've got to spend more time with Jesus. You have to get a revelation of his goodness, of who Jesus is, and why he came, because it's all for you. And once you get that revelation of who he is and why he came, there's only one thing that we can do in response to that, and that is, we have to lay it down. Whatever you have, you have to lay it down. What is the thing that you have to lay down? Anything that pushes God out of the way and replaces him with the focus. What does that look like? It can be anything. It can be our past. Uh, I, was, <laughs> I was chatting to a few guys this morning and... Uh, 
whenever people come to my house, they see um, um, my action figures. They're not dolls, as I've told you. My action figures. And how many of you guys know, as you go through life, you collect stuff? How many of you guys collect stuff? Alison, put up your hand. There we go. You know, we, we collect stuff through life. Whether it be, I mean, and then stuff just gets piled up somewhere. How many of you guys have a pile of stuff somewhere? It could be in a cupboard, yeah. normally in your kid's cupboard. Uh, how many of you guys have a garage that you don't park a car in? <laughs> we had a Wendy house. I still don't know what we put in there. I mean, like, when we moved, we, we, we like, whatever's in there, sell it, burn it, eat it, I don't know. It's yours because it's been there for years. How many of you guys have that kind of stuff? But you see, whenever we go through life, we accumulate stuff. I'm not just talking about physical stuff that we, we, we can buy and collect, but stuff in life. Moments of brokenness, pain, disappointment, hurt. We accumulate that stuff and then we hold on to it like it's ours to carry. Can I tell you something? And, and I don't want to water this down because I know the stuff we go through is really real. But we were never meant to carry the things we carry. And that is why we need to come and lay it down. Lay it down in front of Jesus. Because only He can set you free. The other thing that we can lay down is our present. Not our gift. Our present. What we are doing at this moment. The thing that you are currently pursuing. The thing that you put your focus on so that you don't spend time in the Word, that you don't spend time reading about who Jesus is. If you want a revelation of who Jesus is, you actually have to make time to find that out. You have to make time to read Him, read about Him. You see, before Peter got the revelation of who Jesus is, he had to lay down something. Let's go to the Word. Luke 5, verse 8. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. What just happened in this passage, before we read this um, point, Jesus was teaching a crowd. He has never met Peter before. They go out in Peter's boat. Peter hadn't caught fish that whole evening. He's muff. You know, not only does he smell... His attitude stinks as well. You know, he's just upset. So Jesus tells him, let's do it one more time. And they catch the biggest catch in their lives. That not only his boat, but his friend's boat started to sink. And this is what he proclaims. It's like, go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. And Jesus responds, for he all and his companions, sorry, were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the son of Zebedee, Simon's partner. Then Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. And check here, this is what they do. So they pull their boats, their careers, their pursuit of happiness. They pulled it up onto the shore and left everything there. They laid it down to follow Jesus. Before Peter gets the revelation of Jesus is the Messiah, he had to lay down his livelihood. He had to lay down what he was working towards. What is it that you need to lay down 
at this moment that is taking the place of connecting with the one that did it all for you. You need to lay it down. Because let me, let me tell you this, whatever you have now that you lay down, God does something bigger with that at a later stage. Because after Jesus goes to heaven, Peter performs, he speaks his first sermon, and thousands of people in one day get saved. And it fulfills the word that Jesus says, from now onwards, you will catch even greater things. You will be a fisher of men. There might be a process, but you still need to lay it down. And the next thing, so you have to lay down your past, you need to lay down your present, and then you need to lay down your future. What are you working towards? A few weeks ago, about a month or so ago, uh, my wife and I, we decided to start pursuing a healthier lifestyle, eating better. Unfortunately, the kids in our house, they still eat the same. Savages. They eat that awful stuff. Gluten. Bread. Pasta. Lasagna. Um, Cheese and mac. Wait, wait, wait. Sorry. Mac and cheese. Mac and cheese. There's no such thing as cheese and mac, apparently. (laughs) They eat like sandwiches. So we haven't eaten that in who knows how long. And yesterday... My, my youngest son has a play date with a friend. And so it's just me and these two boys at home. And I go to them and I'm like, yo, guys, what is for lunch? And they both turn to me and they go, pizza. I'm like, yes, pizza it is. And they give me their orders. I place the order. Their orders come. I open it. And oh, my gosh, there is a problem. The first order they got right, but they added on something that these kids won't eat. So they don't eat the pizza, and it stands there. The second one that I ordered, somehow it was my fault, because when I looked at the receipt, I'm like, oh, snap, I ordered something with mushrooms, and no one in this house besides this guy eats mushrooms. So there's another pizza standing there. And do you guys know that smell of fresh pizza? Hey? You know when it taunts you? And it goes, hey, big boy. So I have to order another pizza. Because they're not going to eat that pizza. So I ordered them a pepperoni pizza. And the pizza comes and they have one slice out of a whole pizza. Now there's three pizzas at home and Milo's standing there. Mm. And you know what I did? Ooh, those pizzas suffered, man. I laid it down. I left it. I walked away. I, I force-fed my other kids when they came home, you will eat this. This morning, the house was still reeking of pizza. But you see, in order for us to live in what we want, there are certain things we need to lay down now. What we want for our future, we need to lay it down now. What do you need to lay down now for your future? I need to lay down eating unhealthy now for a better lifestyle that I want to walk in with my kids. There are certain people that had to lay things down now so that we could enjoy the church that we are in at this moment. They had to lay down. They had to make certain sacrifices so that we could be here to have this meeting. What do we need to lay down now that our kids get to walk in later? What kind of relationship with Jesus do we have to 
look for now as we lay things down so our kids get to walk in something greater. We've got to lay things down. Could be your past, could be your present, or could be your future. We need to lay it down. And this is it. Jesus came for you. And all we need to do is go and tell people what we've heard. The king came. He ain't riding on a donkey anymore. But he is ruling on a throne. And he's the king for you and for me. So what have you heard? I hope you heard that you are so important that a king is coming to die for you or came to die for you. You are so important that the words he spoke was meant for you, for you to change. So, Jesus tells them, go tell them what you've heard and what you've seen. And that is what we need to do as well. Go tell them what you've heard. Let us pray. So, Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. Your word that came in the form of Jesus, that came to interrupt our daily habits, our routines, our religious acts, to give us freedom through a relationship that spoke truth through your word, so that as we lay things down, we get to stand up and live into, and walk into a life of purpose. So Father, right now, over everybody seated here and watching this message online, Father, I pray that we will understand that you did it all for us. Have you heard that Jesus loves you? Have you heard that Jesus cares about you? You don't have to change. You just need to go to him, and he will do everything for you. So right now, I just want to bless you that in everything you do, that you will be prosperous. But when you have put Jesus aside, I pray that you will lay it down and realign with him. Pray that God will give you a way to do that. We pray blessing over you. We pray love. We pray peace. And we pray hope over everybody today. In Jesus' name, amen.